we go. Welcome everybody, it's Tempodromo, and this is Social Selling TV. We're here every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And I've got the greatest job in the world, because I just meet all these really cool people all over the world at conferences and online, and then I get to interview them. And Nicole Jolie is one of these people I met. Gosh, <laughs> where was it? We met... At Perry Marshall's event. Well, first we met oh. in Denver. Out in Denver, that's right, that's right. At uh, when I did Joel Com's fiftieth birthday, right? Right. Yeah, at Ken McCarthy's event. Yes. See. Yeah. God, that yeah, was wild. Remember. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you. And I've been kind of watching you from afar, and you, you. Thank been, God. You're one of the <laughs> smartest marketers I've ever met. Just watching you online, you know all this stuff. Thank and you. You're just amazing. Wow. Well, I, you know, sometimes I don't feel so amazing, but um, I guess that kind of precludes the fact that others, you know, if I lived to everybody else's approbation, I'd probably be, you know, six feet under at this point. But I just kind of do my own thing at, at now because I don't really know uh, how to do anything different. I mean, there's always going to be somebody that's going to have something wrong, you know. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah this last yeah. marketing effort was, uh, was one of those. Well, let's go, let's go back to the beginning. Like, how did you ever get into this internet marketing world? So I needed a boyfriend. And that is really how it started. I'm not kidding you. Um, so I have always been single, and I'm still single. So this obviously was my first marketing failure because I didn't get a boyfriend. But, um, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, so I was caddying and, and learning how to caddy at Pebble Beach, and I was a cart girl. And so I would run the cart, and I made lots of money running the cart. And all the guys would ask me if I had girlfriends, and but they would never ask me out. And I always wondered, like, Okay, you know, mm. girlfriends. Can you bring your girlfriends along? And I was like, okay, well, I need more girlfriends. That's what I need. I need to, you know, field myself into the girlfriend niche. So I, um, I decided that I would create a meetup kind of group, you know. And it, I, then it was 2004, so meetup wasn't even around. But I used to hang out at this wine bar in Carmel, California, after work sometimes and I go in and I talk to the owner and I said, Hey, what, what do you think if I would, you know, start to put the word out and have, and it was every Thursday night, <clears throat> every other Thursday night, actually two times a month. And we'd meet for wine tasting. And he's like, he, he needed to be sold on the idea because at that point, wine tasting wasn't like it is now every corner, every other storefront in Carmel has a wine tasting. Okay. But at that point, there was no wine tasting. And I'm like, there's, you know, you could put like stuff in little glasses and let them taste the wine, right? So I didn't know really what I was thinking at that point, like flights, but has now become flights. And yeah. so um, he, he glommed onto the idea because it could bring in more money. So I said, we'll charge 15 bucks a head and we'll get these people to come. And I was like, I work at Pebble Beach. I can get all these people to come. Well, I was also a, um, at that time, I was still a personal trainer. And so I taught spin at Apple and I knew a lot of the engineers and the engineers loved my class, you know, because mm -hmm. it would be like a sweat fest. So I asked one of the guys, I said, Hey, do you want to, you know, how do I get this up so that people can see it on this web thing? You know, I had no concept or clue like what was going on. <laughs> and he's like, well, do you have an email address? And I'm like, um, yeah. And I, I said, I have a yeah. And that was when I had Yahoo. It's like, I have a Yahoo address. And he goes, okay. So he set up this really rudimentary one page, like literally you couldn't do anything. It just sat there. Like there was no interaction, you know? And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Okay. And he put a wine glass on it, which was even cooler. Like he had this wine glass and I was like, oh, cool wine glass. Oh my God. That's awesome. So I was just like, jetting around, you know, I mean, I couldn't spin fast enough in class. Like I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> so I get these people to start coming to this wine thing. And all of a sudden there's like 20 people there. And it, you know, over the, like, it was about 
probably three months it took, you know, to get people to get interested. But I would, it was word of mouth. It was literally like me just going up to people and saying, hey, you interested? You know, we have this wine thing. And I didn't care if they were single or not at that point. It was not like precluding, oh, you have to be single. You can't come. And there was a lot of husbands and wives. Well, what happened was, long story short, so all this happens. And he, the, the owner of the restaurant makes money. I get no boyfriend. Okay, because it's not it's not preclusive to you have to be single, right? I wasn't Evan Pagan. I had no David D'Angelo behind me, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And three people got or four people got hooked up, I think, and like two of them got married. Wow. So you know, it solved the problem for everyone else but me. And so I was like, well, I'm still single, and so you know, whatever. So then um I got kind of I don't know. I, you know, I, this self-sabotaging thing with entrepreneurs is so re- prevalent. You know, we're, we're so used to being a failure that it's like, if we're not failing at something, something's wrong. So, yeah. and I think that's really the general mindset of, of these, of these entrepreneurs. Like if you're not failing enough, then there's something wrong because we've been told you have to fail to make it great. You have to fail to make it great. And then all of a sudden you fail and everybody's like, Oh, shame on you. Bad. Always be testing, right? Yeah, always be testing, always be failing so that you can make it great. But then when you fail, nobody wants anything to do with you. It's like you have a disease, you know? So you can't win for losing, man. I'm telling you, this marketing stuff is very, very difficult. And, you know, Dale Carnegie has it right, how to win friends and influence people. I mean, this is probably the hardest industry to like win friends and influence people and keep them on your side. You know, I've, I mean, I know I'm firsthand, like the, the one to, to talk about that because I can probably say, you know, Brian G. Johnson said something today on, on um, his newsfeed. He said, I think I'm, I'm the, the poster child for like how to screw up and, and still be able to do something. And I'm like, I think I got you beat, but I didn't say that to him, you know, but that was kind of how I felt. I'm like, I know I got you beat on that one, buddy. Cause I just failed like phenomenally. So, so I go to, I go to Vegas after this whole thing and, and I start my own coaching in USA triathlon. I have this big team and everything's going great. 2008 hits. And my team goes from here to like, uh, right. Yeah. And it wasn't just because most of them were mortgage brokers and mortgage bankers, you know, that, that were training with me, but there was also, you know, this, this trickle down effect, you know, from those people were the people that bought the homes, were the people that worked in the casinos, were the people that, you know, um, deliver the food, were the people that, you know, so it was just like every step down the rung of the ladder, everybody got hit harder and harder and harder. And then all of a sudden it was just like this flat, flat line, you know, I was like, uh. so. Um, so I'm in Vegas. I leave my full-time job. Right. And I'm like, and I was a cocktail waitress. I was making great money, but I was like, I can't stand it. I hated smoke. I hated being in these casinos. I just hated the whole thing. It was just, it was just like really everything about it. It was not me. So I leave and I go full-time coaching and about, I don't know, probably four months later, you know, so it became really bad. Well, unbeknownst to me at the time, and you know, this is probably why I'm still single. I had chosen a guy to be with who um, was a closet alcoholic and, and prescription drug addict and was uh, in and out of antidepressant land, you know, consistently. And so his mood swings would go like up and down, up and down. And um, anyway, he, on my, I think it was my 30, eighth or 39th birthday. I can't remember. I, I don't want to remember. I get this three page letter handwritten. I'm sick and, uh, and I've gambled $90,000 away. And so there's no money and, um, we're broken. I'm leaving and I'm going to go check into rehab land or whatever. Wow. So, so it was on my birthday that this happened. Right. So, um, so I'm literally like, I, I you know, I'm thinking, okay, this is a bad dream. Am I really looking at this? Like, I really like looked at it and went, is this kind of like somebody was, did somebody open? And I'm, I'm looking like somebody must have opened the door and put it in the wrong house. Like this is not right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's, I don't know where he is. He's like gone la la land. So I get on my bicycle because that's all I know how to do at that point, because I have to go work out in order to clear my head. And I take this 50 mile bike ride. And I'm out there on my 50 mile bike ride. I'm literally going like as slow as a freaking snail because I can't 
focus enough to go fast enough to think what the hell just happened? Like, yeah. really, what just wow. happened? Um, and so this guy picks me up and I don't mean to say picks me up, but that's what you call it when you're biking. So he comes up on the left side of me. He's like, Hey, are you okay? You know, you're going real slow and you have a really nice bike and it's really fast. And I'm like, uh, yeah, well, and I started talking to him. Well, it turns out this guy's a counselor for people who are on prescription drugs and he's telling me about what happens. And so how that happens in, in the world of God, I have no idea. Right. But he knows, he knows you need this right now and you have to listen to this. And yeah. so for the next, I don't know, probably 32 miles we ride together. And he tells me, he, he tells me about, you know, what happens and how these prescription drugs happen and how they get other people that they're on on prescription drugs. And I'm telling him about this. Well, I mean, I'll be really honest with you. So at the time I have, was on this prescription drug called Selexa and I kept going up in my milligrams because I'm like, ooh, you know, this is good stuff and I'm feeling good and nothing stresses me out. And I'm, you know, and at that point in time, when I'm riding my bike at that day, I'm realizing like I'm on these too and I don't know what to do. Mm. How do I get off of this? So long story short, a few years later, I'm off of this stuff. I take, it was December 17th, a few years later, and I'll get like cover that gap, but I go off of it cold turkey. I have no money to pay for these drugs. So I go off it cold turkey. And it was December 17th. It took till January 2nd for me to get balance back in my brain. Like literally wow. walking. Like I could not walk. It was kind of like being in the exorcist. But <laughs> even wow. more. Um, you know, projectile vomiting. And I'm not kidding you. It, you know, they say it's not addictive. But if it were not addictive, then why would you have to wean yourself off of it? Right. And if it were not addictive, then why couldn't you just quit cold turkey? Yeah. You know, I mean, if it's not addictive, then it's not addictive. Well, it's not non-addictive. Your brain goes into overload. So this is why, and I bring this up because it's a real prevalent, in, you know, real prevalent in our society now is that these people go out and they do crazy shit and they do, you know, like, and everybody's, you know, laying on the ground. Right. The thing, right. And they do it because they're on these these crazy drugs and they can't get off of them. Yeah. And um, no joke. That's how you feel. You, I mean, I literally, I remember what I had to walk my dog and I couldn't get up because I couldn't get my balance to walk my dog. I literally could not get my balance to put on my pants. And wow. so I had to, I had to stand against the wall like this and like, hold on and put my pants on, you know, and like literally step into them. And then if I bent over, I'd fall over and I couldn't get up. So I had to learn. I had, you know, those things that you pick up garbage with those people that pick up the garbage and they have those little like tongs. Yeah. yeah. I had a pair of those so that I could pull up my pants. I'm not kidding you. And, uh, it was a long, it was a long three weeks. So in between that time, um, I end up losing everything in Vegas and uh, September 11th um, was my last coaching date. And I had, <laughs> I had uh, 16 firemen that I coached for their first triathlon. And it was very, very funny. And these wow. guys were awesome. Well, one of them had a total panic attack in the water. And so I'm on the, I'm watching, you know, as they're taking off and I'm leaving right after this, I have my little rent a car. I have $62 with me. That's it. And I have nowhere to go and I'm watching their race and I don't know where I'm going to be. I'm just like, okay, this is what's going to happen. You know, everything was kind of like, this is all over the place. So here comes this big guy and he's trying to swim, but he doesn't want to put his face in the water. And he comes up to me and he's almost in tears and he says, coach, I, I don't think I can do it. And it was at that moment where here I am, I'm coaching my last, my last team, if you will, you know, this was the end of it. And I knew it was the end of it at that time. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, we're going to tell ourselves we can do things or we can't do things. I said, what is it that you really, what is it your heart really wants you to do? And I had to lean down literally like almost in the water to get to him because he was swimming up to this dock that was kind of like it, it, it was in Lake Las Vegas. So it, the dock kind of went through this alleyway that you would swim out to in the major lake. Right. So he says, I really want to finish this. And I said, if you really want to finish this, you really want to do this, then you're going to find a way. 
I said, the first thing you do is put your feet down on the ground because you're only in four feet of water. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he looked at me like, you know, like, I'm not stupid, but I am stupid, but I don't know what to do, but I'm scared. Yeah. And he started to laugh. And he's like, I can do this. And it was like the end of, it was the end of something and the beginning of something else. And I really don't know how to explain that because that was, that was how I started getting into internet marketing. And it was more of, I wanted to start my own coaching program online. Yeah. I had created a bunch of videos and how to videos on how to, you know, do the TRX, do all kinds of things, you know? And, um, and it was really, they were great videos but I didn't have the knowledge and the marketing understanding of what's the back end. How do I filter them? What am I thinking? You know, and I was in such a major rush to make it happen because I was like in this space of I'm losing everything right now and I don't know what to do and I have to make this happen. Right. And um, in between that time when I, before I left Vegas, um, I had, I had met this guy and I don't even know what his name was anymore, but he, um, he said to me, I have this ticket to a internet marketing event and you might be interested. It's called no excuses. And I was like, okay, no excuses. I like the name. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had no idea. Right. He goes, it's a $70 ticket. I'm like, wow, I can't afford that. And he goes, but it's free. I'll give it to you for free. I can't go. And I was like, okay. So I lived out in blue diamond, which is pretty far from where the strip is, yeah, five miles. And uh, I rode my bike every day to this event for three days. And it was the middle of July, it was hot. Oh my God. It, it, it's like, you know, it's hot at four in the morning in Vegas. You know, there's just no break. I mean, right. you're talking 110 and at least it's shady, you know, it's, but it's 110. So I ride my bicycle to this event every day. I'm early, right? I stand in line with my bike. Everyone else is like, get up and all jazzed and, you know, makeup and hair and what? Yeah. And I'm like in my helmet, you know, ready to rock, right? Got my tuna sandwich and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> and I brought my lunch. Like, I didn't have any money, you know? I had $73 in my bank account. Mm -hmm. I had no job. I had no clients. I was selling everything I owned and I was getting evicted. And like, I had nothing, you know, the closest thing to me to work was 15 miles away at a grocery store. And I was like, I can do better than that. I can do better than that. I know it. I know it. Yeah. Um, so I stand online and I end up going in and, and everybody's kind of looking at me. Todd, um, Todd Falcone was there. You know, this is when, um, What's his name? Jonathan Budd and, you know, Mark Hoverson, all those guys were big. Anyway, so, um, so I meet this guy named Jeff Lerner and he's really cool. And so Jeff and I kind of, you know, I, I didn't really hang out with him. I mean, I know him and he's, he was in this room and we were talking. He's really a cool guy. But um, I'm walking from room to room and I'm, I'm just so jazzed. This is like the newest thing to me. And I'm thinking, this is awesome. Yeah. And, here comes this big guy down the hallway and I keep seeing this big guy and I'm like, Hey, I know you. And he's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, isn't this great? And I was all excited. I have my helmet on. I'm like, in <laughs> okay. In my cleats walking around the ballroom of the Venetian. And he's like, dude, did you just ride here on your bike? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So we start talking and <laughs> it's Fernie Ceballos, right? The, the guy who put this on. And, uh, and me and Fernie, like, I didn't know who he was. I had no idea who he was. Yeah. So, so we start talking, everything's good, you know, and I see him every day and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is, this is great and, you know, cool. So anyway, goes by, I have a great time. I learn a lot and that's it. And that's kind of how I got started. Yeah. So three and a half weeks later, somebody emails me and I can't, I think it was the same guy who gave me the ticket. And he's like, hey, did you ride your bike to that event? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes, Fernie wrote this big blog post all about you. And I'm like, who? And I'm like, who is this Fernie guy? Like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't yeah. registering to me, right, at the time, because I wasn't, I wasn't in that land. I was in the land of, of what can I sell today so that I can eat? You know, I was in the land of, 
of um, Craigslist. Like yeah. that was that Craigslist and, and, you know, the Koreans that would come over that lived in my neighborhood that would buy my stuff, you right. know? Um, and that was it. Like I, I didn't even, I, I wasn't thinking about internet marketing. I was just thinking like, how am I going to get out of this town so that I can actually, you know, think better. It was just such a bad space for me head wise. Yeah. So I read this blog post and I'm like, Oh my God, this guy wrote about my biking to his event. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was like my biggest 15 minutes of fame, you know, of, of like Andy Warhol says, everyone has their 15 minutes of fame and, and, right. And Andy, um, that's a funny story because Andy actually, um, there's another story about Andy Warhol, but I'm not going to get into that. That's years before this whole thing happened in New York City. But um, the point is that uh, that's how I got into this. And it was, it was a journey. It's been a journey. It still is a journey. Um, but it was a journey of like, you know, oh, I want to be like them. Right. And the journey was always, I want to be like them. And it was never... I, I, I didn't understand that it was about, you know, what can you offer that, you know, and, and, you know, I never really thought of my story or my, my life as a, as being like something that I could offer. Right. Because it, it, to me, you know, it wasn't like I thought of my story as, or my life as being like, so inspirational. It was always kind of like, Oh man, this is my story. And I'm a little, you know, don't judge me. Um, but it became kind of like, well, it's become, I wouldn't say it's became, but I don't know if I can say a moniker, but it's more of just like, it's, it's the, it's the idea that you don't have to live in this space of being ashamed all your life. Yeah. And so this industry has taken, I mean, it's so different now than when it first started. You oh know? yeah. Like the softwares are different every day. Somebody's coming out with something new, you know? Um, Every day, somebody's making another $162,000 in the last 45 days, you know? So what used to be, I made $500 in a day, which was a lot. Like, that yeah. was like, oh, my God. Now it's like I made $534,000 on a launch in a day, you know? And I'm smoking cigars, and look how cool I am, and let me show you how I do it. But those days are over. I think people are kind of like they're tired of, of the whole idea of let me show you how to do it because you're not going to show me really. You're going to tell me what you think I need to know, which is the superfluous information of how great it is. And then you're yeah. going to sell me, upsell me on another $10,000 program. They sell you the hope and then they want the answer is you got to join the 10K or the 25K coaching program. Yeah, exactly. And that's not it a guarantee just, either. No, because it's all implementation. So yes. what is it that you can learn that you can implement right now? And, and as I became, I don't know, I wouldn't say as I became better at it because I never, I, you never become better at it. You just morph into what is comfortable in your zone of what you're willing to do to market yourself and become your brand. And I think that's where the differentiation starts and ends as to, I want to be like them. I'm going to be like me. And that's where you really start to, I wouldn't say prosper, but I would say more like your mind shift changes. You, you know, there's a shift in that set. And if you make it that long. Yeah. Well, people want to buy from you. They want to get to know you. They don't want to see you pretending to be someone else. Well, and another thing too is that, you know, we're, we're in, this, we're in this, space, this space of instantaneous. It's right here. Right. And and what people don't realize, and I, I think I said this to you before, was that, you know, this, you can't go without. You can leave without your coffee. You can leave without your keys, your sunglasses, yep. your underwear. But if you don't have your phone, you are in major, major, you know what, you know? I forgot mine yesterday. I felt naked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't have my phone. I don't have my phone. It used to be, you know... When phones came out, this is kind of a funny story. Years and years and years ago, I worked as a phone sales girl. The flip phones. Yeah. The flip phones. And I sold flip phones. And I sold, the, I sold my butt off in flip phones, man. I was like, you need one. You've got to have it. It's the best thing in the world. What if, you, what if you have a flat? You know, And this is when, what if you have a flat, right? What, right. If, you, what if something happens and you get locked out? You know? Or, you know what I mean? Like those little things. Now it's not even, we don't care about that. We're like, what if we miss an email or a news feed? You know, we don't right. care about 
called the flat. Who cares? We'll just call the relay. Who cares? <laughs> the news feed, man. Give me the junk. Yeah. You know, I sold my butt off in, in, in these phones. And I was like, look how snazzy it is, you know. And, and then when they came out with the newer, smaller version of the phone, I was, they were like, oh, that oh, was yeah. all fizzle, you know. But we, it's become, you know, in my, I wouldn't say my age group, but it's really the age group. You can see the difference. You can see the difference between millennials and these baby boomers. And like the millennials, and I don't even know where I fall in. I'm like gen nothing. I don't even know. But like when you're, when you're 49, you have this space that is the 49 year olds. They love the t television. They love the television. They just cannot live without TV. Yeah. They can't live without their phone. But they don't see the difference. The difference is that they don't see the connection between what they're doing and what they're buying and how they're viewing. They don't see this triangular connection. You know, mm. it's, it's like this TP, what I'm right. doing, what I'm buying, and how I'm connecting. And they see it as three different things because it's literally, to them, it's seamless. Yeah. But they don't see it. They're, they're not thinking of it in seamless. They're thinking of it like, oh, I'm just going to go buy this one click. You know, they love one click. They love it. Eat, one and done, you know, yeah. um, and, and they're, they're good with that. But they don't see the, the whole pyramid. The of big it, picture. You know? Yeah. And as a marketer, I don't even know if I want to say marketer, but as, as a person in this industry, whatever, whatever we're doing, um, you, you get this feeling like, do you get do you get where I'm coming from here? You know, and people are they're apt to be on Facebook. They're apt to be on all these social media sites. Yeah. But they have no clue as to like. And I don't. Want to, I'm making a generalization here, people. Please do not take this personally, and don't get your panties in a tizzy. <laughs> uh, you know, but they they they're clueless as to far as far as like how can I reach the people that I need to talk to with this? How can I talk to them and say what I need to say in in a way of being specific and without without walking into their lives and like upsetting the balance, you know? Well, yeah, because we only have a short attention span of about two seconds now. There's a lot of noise out there. Well, and this presidential election has brought in, you know, a huge divisiveness. And so it's been a very difficult, you know, time to be, anywhere near a news feed, you know, I mean, it, it's actually been kind of good for me because usually I troll the news feed. Now I'm like, I'm out. I'm all I'm doing is making my page. That's it. Get me out of here. Cause I can't handle, I mean, I can't handle it. It's just so, it's yeah. so much anger. Mm -hmm. And it really like, it really shows where we're at and it's scary. You know, it's scary to, to a lot of people, it's scary to me for sure. But, um, I think, I mean, it doesn't really matter what I think, but it, it matters that, you know, as you go through this, as you learn this and how I've stayed in it for so long, do not ask me because I can tell you, you know, people ask how, and you're like, dude, you find a way. Yeah. It's not how, you just find a way. If the solution isn't there, you've got to figure it out. And, and I said to somebody today, I said, if I had 10 of me, and I don't mean to say how great I am, but if I had 10 of me, I would actually, my business would still be alive yeah. because I find a way and, and that's, that's the meat of how this works. It's not about the snazzy accoutrements. It's not about the snazzy software. It's not about all the bells and whistles. It's about finding a way and yep. each person, you know, as we go through it, we're always looking for that next next person to talk to you know hear me out let me share with you what I can help you with and as I've been going from a failure from the most dynamic ginormous humongous massive failure you know publicly that you could possibly even fathom to working my way back up into being you know a marketing professional for other businesses sharing with them you know Here's what you're not going to see. This is what you're not going to see. And I think, you know, to get off tangent or to get on tangent, I, I think that a lot of times we are so worried about the approbation of other people and we're so worried about what other people think of us that we don't pick our heads up to see where our channels are heading 
in yeah. that direction and we're not able to see the mountain that we're flying into, you know, right ahead of us and we're going to just crash. And that's where, you know, working in your business and not on your business from top down is where you end up failing in your business. Yeah. I, I hear it. I did it myself. Um, does that mean I'm any better at it? Does it mean that I have some kind of insider's view? Yeah, it does actually, because I know what it's like. I know what the feeling is like. I know what you tell yourself. I know how you handle it. Um, I can tell you the fear and the frustration and the anger that you have. I can also tell you how you're going to you know, dissuade yourself and then really sabotage yourself in between that. And that's where the strength lies. I think, you know, to be in this business for as long as I have, to have, and I don't even, I, I can't say like I've come up with some major, super gigantic software like Brian Levesque or, you know, I've come up with some conversion fly like Todd Brown or I've come up with some amazing thing like Sonic, like Davin Michaels or anything like that. I, I haven't. Does that make me any worse? You know, does it make you any, any worse because you haven't come up because you don't have a team of 17 people behind you that have freaking degrees from MIT? Right. You know, maybe. No, I just watch you. You just keep going forward no matter what happens. You get knocked down, you get up and keep going. And <laughs> Yeah, it's like one of those, um, one of those, what do you call those things, those, those knockdown things that you keep on? I'm like, I, that's how I feel, that blow up doll that just like goes like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's. It does feel like that. You know, the MMA fight of the century just happened. And I'm telling you, I came out of that round like so bloody that like my knuckles were dragging, you know. But here and you are today and you're you're just plugging away, moving on to whatever's next. And that's what you've got every day. You have to do it. You know, every day I get up at 4 a.m., you know, I'm on it. I mean, I have to because there's only me. In the end, you know, you're working with you're working with what your int intuition is. And, and if you can't figure it out and you can't figure out a way to market yourself, then who's going to really, you know, I, maybe I have lost a lot of respect. Maybe there isn't a lot of respect for Nicole Jolie in the marketplace right now. Maybe people are like, oh, wow, she had this public display of craziness. What's going to happen? You know, how, how mentally capable is she? You know, I dare anybody to do it. And I dare him to do it in that way. And I also dare him to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to come back at this and I'm going to be an inspiration and I'm going to, I'm going to do something that's positive, not only for myself, but in an effort to do that, I'm going to show that you don't have to be defined by the failure that you, that you think you are. And I, I, always, I reached out to you, especially because you, you were so vulnerable. Tell people what happened because this is big and you went out there publicly yeah in front of everybody yeah and it was you could have just not said anything just kind of gone off and nobody would have known no they wouldn't have and they and you know i mean people live their lives on, on a desperate you know we all live in this quiet desperation not that we do i wouldn't say it that way but you know we if we live in a quiet desperation that's what we're going to be quietly desperate we and named about a dozen internet marketers earlier <laughs> never hear from again they just disappeared from the face of the earth well, you know, they, they've disappeared in the way of their, their, they're not as out there as they were, you know, because one of the things that I've noticed before I go into the story is that being out there, and Ann McKevitt, I just got out of a coaching um, with Ann McKevitt, Ann even said, she said, you know, I was like the, the poster girl for um, like, like Martha Stewart of the UK. And I've had that gloriousness and that, that fame and that, you know, movement into the, ooh, how cool are you? I want your autograph kind of thing, you know, for those people that are following you. And that's all cool. But when that ends and you got to go back in front of the mirror, who really are, who are you? Yeah. You know, who, who is Nicole Jolie? You know, who is she? And what is she capable of, of accomplishing, not only on her own, but for other people? And how is she going to, how is she going to feed that with her knowledge base? And so, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, it, you know, I, I mentioned homelessness a lot and, and you know, I, um, I kind of grew up in it. And when you grow up in something and you're used to it, it's like, it's the same thing like the failure. I have to be a failure so that I can be successful so that everybody can see how great I am because I failed. But really what's happening is that you're telling yourself, I have to fail. 
because if I don't fail, I'm not going to be good enough. But then I'm too ashamed to tell anybody that I failed. Yeah. So I don't get the concept there. You know, it's just like that it's a disconnect, but I did live in homelessness for a while. When I started my company, um, radiance and you can see my little bottle here. Um, I, I, I don't, don't ask me how I do this, these things, how I get to these events. I don't know. I don't know how I do it. I find a client. I'm able to do it. I find the next client. I'm able to do it. I'm like, right. right. And I live in this constant, like, okay, I'm going to get there. Um, so I have been homeless before. Well, it just so turns out that, um, through a series of a lot of, a lot of things that happened, I lost this company, Radiance Naturally Advanced Skincare. I have a trademark on it and it was selling great. I made 70 grand in my first year and I did really well the year before I made like 42 and like, it was great, you know, no advertising. I was on Amazon, everything's cooking. And then, um, somebody gets a hold of my name and decides arbitrarily to use it and to use it on a CPA offer and scam people. So I start getting hate mail for the last year on how I scammed everybody. And, oh, I'm, you're, you know, there's no, I don't even have a continuity program for this. It's a one and done. You buy it, you're done. Nothing else. Yeah. So that was number one. Number two was uh, Amazon is a, very difficult for health and beauty. And I don't, I, I don't want to get into negativity, but I have nothing good to say about Amazon. I really just don't. It, it just never worked for me in health and beauty. It'll work for you in, you know, in back scratchers. Okay. It'll work for you in, in this kind of stuff where you put yeah. in your, you know, it'll work for you in, in pens. It does not work for health and beauty. And you have to be a bigger player in health and beauty yeah. to make it work. Okay. You got to have some, you got to have some pockets in there and you got to have some connections. And I didn't have either. And so yeah. I lost. All right. Had I, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Had I lifted my head up to get out of the inn and look on and work on the business on top instead of in the business right here, I would have seen it. Yeah. I really would have seen it. And I think that, that, that um, there are a lot of entrepreneurs, if you want to call yourself that, I like to call myself just Nicole. Um, but there's a lot of Nicoles out there that are probably wondering, oh, wow, if I just got up here and from the bigger vantage point took a look down, that's where it is. And it, it dawns on you after the fact. Yeah. Always. And it's never going to dawn on you before the fact, unless you have some great CTO and some great CEO and some great CMO and some great CFOs behind your butt to actually say to you, hold up, Nicole, take a look. You're not Jessica Alba. You're yeah. not Cindy Crawford. You're not Christy Brinkley. You're not going to have that firepower. Now, there are people that will have that firepower, like Ezra Firestone has the firepower, man. He's built it up. Right. You know? Um, but that's come in a different way. He was friends with Cindy and then, you know, came up with this idea. So she's the face. He's the marketing behind it. He knows how to drive the traffic. Yeah. He has somebody driving his traffic, but you know, he, he's able to oversee the top down. Yeah. Right? Most of us in marketing are like, we see the bigger picture, $162,000 in 45 days. <gasps> yeah. You know, and we're like all over this, you know, I'm going to do this, you know, right. And all of a sudden it doesn't happen. And you're like, well, what happened? You know, it's not because it didn't work for you. It's because you didn't see it from the top down. Okay. I just had a conversation right before this with a friend of mine who's a very good marketer and he's worked with Todd Brown. He's worked with, um, some huge, huge launches that, you know, Pam, um, Pam and, and, uh, what's her, I forgot her name. Anyway, Pam and Mike and all those guys. So he's worked with these people. And he's really good at what he does. He's behind the scenes. And he said to me, hey, I'm gonna, he showed me a funnel. And he goes, this funnel made $180,000 in less than 30 days. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Can I do it? Well, here's what it is, is that when you look at the how, he had four other people behind him doing other things besides him. Yeah. Five people all together. Five people that have the same mindset. Five people that have the same idea. Five people that are following the same plan. If it's just you, it's going to be really, really difficult yeah. to find that five people in you. And yeah. so that's what I've learned. Um, this whole thing was me going out and saying publicly, hey, I need your help. 
um, I'm putting out a GoFundMe campaign and I'm going to be homeless in six days. Yeah. And, and, and it was probably the biggest marketing snafu ever, but in a way, um, but I paid my rent yeah. and I, I got to eat and, um, I got to feed my dog. Yeah. And I got to keep my apartment for the next 30 days. And hopefully, um, you know, I will get another client and that will be, you know, my, my beginning again, yeah. um, out of the weeds. No, you know, but I did it publicly and it was difficult that vulnerability because people are like, ah, you know, they, they don't know what to do. They're, they're, yeah. you know, they just don't know what to do. I said to somebody the other day, I was like, you know, I kind of feel like one of those opera singers, like, whoa, you know, like my life is like, whoa, you know, I wake up and there's like this opera going on. Right. Know? But it, it was a public display of vulnerability to the nth degree of, I need your help. Now, you know, it's funny because people are, people will say flippantly, call me if you need anything. Call right. me if you anything right and then you call them when you need something and it wasn't a public display like i'm taking your money which was i, I was accused of it was it was i'm going to give you you know my product that i've spent one hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars on of not only my money but someone else's money yeah and i'm going to give this to you in exchange for you to help me to pay my rent basically right. you know so you're not buying you're not buying it you're giving a donation and i'm giving you something back yeah. and, you know i mean it's a, it's not a write-off. It's a write-off for them. You know, for me, it's not a write-off because right. it comes to me. So not you only I'm just asking for money. You said, I will ship you these. Right. Products. Right. So I, I got vulnerable and uh, I got slammed pretty big time for it. Um, and then there were some people that didn't slam me and they were like, wow, you know, that took a lot of guts. And yeah. I was, that's all I had. I just had guts. I didn't have anything else. Yep. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, when you, when I had to sit down with myself and cry my eyes out and like figure out, oh my God, I have six days and then I'm gone. I don't know what to do. It's the middle, it's coming on winter. I have a dog. I have, I, I, I want to be able to do this online. I don't want to go to a grocery store and work as a clerk. What can I do? Right. You know, I had to pull my, you know what, together. I really did. I had to pull it together so that I wasn't freaking myself out. And then, you know, coming off as a freak out. So it was, that was a little difficult. The first few days were really, really difficult of that. It took six days to raise money to pay my rent. And, you know, I put on, I, I put a very, not like a, a very low to me, a low sticker point on this because I had, I had so much that I had to like, okay, if I can just pay the internet, if I can just pay the, the electricity, if I can just pay the, you know, this right. phone, whatever. Um, and it was, I can say to you that, um, you know, half of the people went or 70% of the people went over there and then 30% came to me and said, okay, I'm going to help you. Um, yeah. it was a reluctant, some of them were reluctant on saying, you know, Hey, um, I saw your thing and I, you know, I, <laughs> I don't wear skincare as they're standing in front of me, you know, with makeup, full on makeup, you know, I don't wear skincare and it's. To me, if you're going to lie to me and tell me that you don't wear skincare, just tell me to go F off. Right. And tell me that, you know, I don't want to do this. Just, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. It's just like this whole thing with the political arena. But, you know, to stand there, I mean, to stand there and tell me, I mean, I don't know about you, but um, through this whole thing, I've, I've applied online for these very menial, and I don't mean to say menial because that's not the way I want to come off. But for jobs that are like for clerks, okay, you know, I have, <laughs> I mean, for the marketing experience that I have and for the, the, the degrees that I have and, and the information that I have, it, it just, I'm not saying it's beneath me. It's just more of why, why do I need to settle? You right. know, that's really the point here is that do I need to settle so that I can, so that you can accept me? And I, I mentioned in the very beginning, I have a friend who sends me these jobs you know, and she's like, oh, you'd be perfect as a dog walker. I love animals. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to walk them. You know, your skill I love, levels up here. Yeah. I, I mean, up here. 
I love, I love to go to the grocery store. I don't need to work there. Right. I love to eat vegetables. I don't need to pick them. I love to clean my house so that I can get my head clean so that I can appreciate the fact that I have a house to clean. That doesn't mean I need to go to somebody else's house and clean it. So, yeah. you know, the, the point is that, you know, I love books. I don't need to work in borders. You know, granted, that's, <laughs> you know, I don't mean to say that as being beneath me. That's not the point here. Right. The point is that I want to use my skill set. I want to be able to help others. I want to be able to take my skill set and say, look what you can do. Yeah. And so, you know, in all of this, I look at, it's so much easier when you're outside looking in, you know, yeah. and that's what I mean by working on. I've made the mistake of working in too long, you know, and now like getting out and working on your business and looking from it, like from a down from, Oh, Oh, I see what's going to happen down there. Yeah. That's, that's really where the best make their decisions and the best make their money. No, that's why it's good to have like, I'm in an informal mastermind group. We meet twice, twice a month, virtually. And we just talk about each other's businesses. It's good to have another set of eyes looking in on it. Yeah, Perry does it. You know, Perry Marshall does it. When I went to his, his mastermind, I spent a lot of money on that. For, you know, I had a full day with Perry and Jack Bourne. And it was awesome. I mean, yeah. I learned a lot. Here's what I think, here's what I think happens, though. And this is, this is like a buyer's remorse thing with, with marketing and going to these events is that your, your saturation point is only a, this much at yeah. the event. It's this much when it could, you know, when it should be this much, right? Your, your saturation is right here because there's no implementation to take in the saturation to understand the concept right. of learning. And so therefore, when you come out of that, you're still here, but you're high on the fact that you know that there's something out there, but the implementation is where you're going to learn it. And so all of the training that I've had, you know, I've gone to Business Mastery with Tony Robbins for five days, spent, you know, 15 hours a day in, this, in a room with people jumping up and down and going crazy over, over things and learning from Tony Shea and from, you know, Agora Financial and, and people that are, are heavy duty in their, in their business. Right. And did it sink in then? No, I took in like this much. But now, as I go back into my notes, as I look again, I look again, I implement every day, and I'm like, oh, I see it. I see yep. it. Now on it. So what the mistakes that I made with Radiance, there are a lot. But I made a lot of good things, too. I did yeah. a lot of things that were right. I did a lot of things that were smart, and I did a lot of things that made money in the first year. I really did. And I busted my butt to do it. Now, I could have done twice as much had I been looking above. Yeah. And the only way you can figure that out, how to look above, is when, and I don't mean to say fail, but I mean to say that the only way you're going to find out is when you, when you don't do it and when you screw it up and you're like, oh, I see where I could have done that differently. But you need to stop and look it back and say, okay, what could I have done differently? Well, bringing yourself to that failure, and I don't mean yourself as, I mean there's a collective you and you, me being me, um, and this failure that I just had, which is just monumentally crazy. Um, and people are not even like, I wouldn't mind if somebody said F off, but they're ignoring me. <laughs> and that's, that's even the worst part is when you get ignored because you don't know. Silence is the worst. Yeah. Because you're like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? And all you do is, is question yourself. Like what did I do? What did I do wrong? And nobody's talking. Nobody's going to say anything. And so you never have a right forum because no matter what you say, you're going to have to defend yourself. And when you start defending yourself, you come off as defensive. And so if they're going to be silent, that's it. They're going to be silent. There is nothing I can do about their silence. There's nothing I can do to win them back. There's nothing I can do to win over somebody. You don't want to. I don't want to. Right. Exactly. No. There's no reason for me to go in and try to win you back and go, please come back and be my friend again. No, you move forward and you meet yeah. more people, better people. You're going to be just fine. You, I just watching you bounce back over and over. <laughs> you're going to do fine. Well, it's, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of self-reflection and well, it's, you've been it's studying with the best marketers, you know, the best marketers, you know how to do this. So you're going to do really kill it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'll be up on stage one day, like with Perry's Perry's event, telling right. the story. You know, exactly. Those other guys. Well, Nicole, this has been great. We're coming up to the top of the hour. I just want to thank you for. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been because really- yeah, all this. So we got made $150,000 last week. It's like, most of that's bullshit. We know that. They're lying or they split it six ways with all the people behind the scenes. It's a lot of, it's just smoke and mirrors. But if you build a real business like you try to do, you'll do just fine. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the time and just being on this is so cool. I'm really excited. I hope your listeners get something out of this and they can, you know, refer back to either how funny it was or how crazy it was or, you know, how monumentally insane, you know, it was, however they want to view it. But I I hope they get something out of it that they can, you know, the implementation is really, really key. Hey, Donald Trump declared bankruptcy six times. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to? They can get a hold of me at sociallysmashing at Gmail. So if you have any questions or you want to just, you know, say, hey, I'm going to give you my Gmail address because um, there is, you can, you can ask me questions or you can, you know, go to my Facebook page, which is Nicole Jolie's fan page, and, and I'll give that link here too. But socially smashing at Gmail, if you have questions, if you want to, you know, follow me, follow me on my on my fan page or, you know, friend me on Nicole Jolie's personal page. I'll give those links too. But um, yeah, I mean, you can, you can follow and see what I'm going to do. I think there's a lot to be learned, and I think I'm going to be able to, to give a lot more um, to people who, who really want to, to be able to work not only with me, but learn, learn from what I've done, you know, and they don't have to make those mistakes and they can see differently, you know, Hey, this is what you can look for. You have at least two books in you. I can tell. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> David James, I'm on your, I'm on your behind right now. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to call him up. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I've just learned how to use Google voice um, on my computer. You know how you, well, not just, but you know, talking and then like, so I, I talk too fast. And so Google voice is like the, the translation is hilarious. You know, it's worth it for the translation just to like put that book out. This is the Google voice book in translation. Like yeah. I just got a book just like that, you know? Because... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Ted. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon.